We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Ravens wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., he was added to Thursday's injury report after being limited in practice with an ankle designation. Uh, And Sarah, as you can imagine, that sparked plenty of reaction within Ravens Nation. But we're going to tell you why we aren't pushing the panic button just yet ahead of Sunday. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Friday, September 8th. And this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. What a treat we're all in for. We're going to have a chance to watch Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow at least twice a year for the next five years. The details on Burrow's record-setting contract extension with Cincinnati still to come. Plus a sign of life from 38-year-old now free agent quarterback Joe Flacco and who you can expect to see at the game Sunday in honor of M&T Bank Stadium's, get this, 25th anniversary. Mm, Yeah, we have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Sarah, let's begin with the injury report from Thursday as released and shared by Team PR. Of course, we're gearing up for week one, coming up on Sunday, 1 o'clock inside M&T Bank Stadium. As always, we will be back in live streaming mode after that one finishes up. So hope to see and hear from a lot of you maybe around 5 o'clock Eastern or so come Sunday. But at the top of the list, we'll begin with Mark Andrews, who was limited again on Thursday with what we now know, and we learned this on Wednesday, is a quad setback, and he caught up with ESPN's Jamison Hensley on that specific injury in the locker room. So obviously a lot of people want to know, how are you feeling right now with that quad? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I, I'm obviously taking some time off and um, you know, just kind of slowly working back in. It's one of those things that's uh, been a little tricky, but um, feeling better running around, uh, you know, just day by day, getting better, and um, we'll see what happens. All right, so not exactly the panic button there. I say that because the panic button is being pushed for other reasons in Baltimore, Sarah, and we're going to tell you why, like we said in the open, Not to do that yet. Odell Beckham Jr. all of a sudden popped up on this list. He was listed as 
limited during Thursday's practice. And you see that there on the screen. The injury designation is an ankle. Sarah, what was your first reaction here? Uh, my first reaction um, was that because he was limited and because it's his ankle and not that twice surgically uh, worked on ACL, um, you know, that it was probably precautionary. I also feel that way because um, we covered at length how excited he was after yesterday's practice. So he was limited from the beginning of Thursday's practice, which means whatever happened to his ankle, it probably happened in the practice before. And after that practice, he spoke and was just like, I feel great. I cannot wait for this. This has been like more than 500 days since I played in the NFL game. So he was clearly in the mind of I'm playing on Sunday. Then on top of that, what also gives me reason to believe he's fine is because once, when it, look, when a guy like Odell or Lamar or some of these big names hit an injury report, even if it's not serious, the national media all pick that up. They don't pick it up if, you know, somebody like Jalen Armour Davis, right, is, is on the injury list. But Odell Beckham Jr., they're all going to blast it. Here's just one example here with <clears throat> national media, you know, with it showing a picture, big in red, update. You know, he's been added to the injury report. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., as of 721 Thursday night, put, he wrote on Twitter, X, believe everything on the internet, dot, 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 crying emoji, and then the sunglasses emoji. So it looks like he's uh, laughing a little bit and also feels pretty cool with, uh, how he's feeling. And then also, uh, we weren't in the locker room today, but Jeff Zrebeck of the athletic was. And so obviously fans came to him right away and said, uh, one person asked him, you know, do you feel like he's, he will not play on Sunday. And Jeff says, no, I don't have that feeling at the moment, but we'll see tomorrow, which is true. Um, we'll get the injury report and see, um, what he's designated as questionable, doubtful, or, um, out. And then another fan asked, uh, is Odell serious, Jeff? And Jeff says, well, he was all smiles in the locker room. This is after he was limited and didn't seem to be any dis in, in any discomfort. But I can't say I was studying his gait all and all of that. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that what I'm just like imagining right now, this is not something that I've been told, but Based off of what Jeff's saying, what Odell's saying, the fact that he still practiced, my guess is maybe he tweaked something completely not serious and they were being precautionary. Um, I think the evidence that we've seen is that it's more on the side of being precautionary than it is on anything serious. So at this moment, things could always change. I still expect Odell Beckham Jr. to uh, suit up for week one. As do I. Just to round out the conversation about the injury report as well, Marlon Humphrey, of course, missed another day as a did not practice with that foot surgery, or I should say the aftermath of that foot surgery and the recovery that's needed. And then Ronnie Stanley, after being limited on Wednesday with that ankle, just again, precautionary, he was a full participant on Thursday, should be good to go come Sunday inside the bank. Let's shift gears now and talk about what I teased in the open, and that's going to be the fact that we're going to have a chance, and it really is a treat because of the way that these guys compete and the talent that they both possess. Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, 
are going to be suiting up against one another at least twice a year for the next five years. And that's because Burrow just cashed in with Cincinnati in a big way. So much so he's reached agreement with the Bengals on a five-year, $275 million extension. That includes just a hair over $219 million guaranteed. And that makes him the highest paid player in NFL history. Remember Lamar, his record-setting deal earlier this offseason awarded him $52 million in terms of an average annual value. And now Joe Burrow is just a hair above that as well. That's how it goes in the market. But then just uh, as you see up on the screen for our YouTube folks, Adam Schefter from ESPN noted that this is the fourth quarterback this offseason alone to sign a market resetting contract extension. Lamar, five years, 260. Jalen Hurts, five years, 255. Justin Herbert, five years, 262.5. And now Joe Burrow, five years, 275. But the guarantees on this one, Sarah, is the the real part of the story, and they are sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, we have the list here. I'll, we can run through the list, but when you say they're sweet, I can't guarantee, as we learned from over the summer, and we went through it a gazillion times, guaranteed money, putting a list together like this is so deceptive. Like, what one contract says is guaranteed money versus another one versus, you know, what's guaranteed in the first three years, what's guaranteed at signing, what's guaranteed, what's the total guarantees. And if the total guarantees, the total guarantees aren't really total guarantees. There's because the word guarantee isn't real. <laughs> it's the only thing that's guaranteed is what's at signing everything else. You have to um, <clears throat> hit something to trigger the next guarantee. So we'll go through it. Um, but to me, anytime you see a list that just says, oh, here's a list of guarantees, they're so, they're the devil's in the details. So another one where you're, where you're looking at AVV, the, the, <clears throat> or AAV, the annual average value, like, okay, you're getting somewhere. The overall value is even tough because you don't know, um, you know, what triggers certain things and how many years it is and all of that. You really want to look at, um, <clears throat> The AAV, and then you want to look at new cash, new cash, the the signing bonus, and then you have to dig into all the guarantees. So we'll read it off, but this is going to look super lopsided, and it's not. Only Deshaun Watson has true, fully guaranteed money. He's at $230 million leading the league. Now comes in Joe Burrow, $219. Justin Herbert, who was signed a little while ago, $218. Lamar Jackson, a much bigger dip, 185, and then Jalen Hurts, 179. But again, um, I, I just can't buy into that list until I see all the details. How about Joe Burrow's five-year run? And how could I forget, by the way, fully guarantee that whole contractual language from this offseason and the educational <laughs> journey that I went on? Yes, there is a difference between most guarantees and fully guaranteed at signing. So appreciate the reminder there. But Joe Burrow's five-year run, has been nothing short of sensational for this guy. 2019, he wins the national championship with LSU and the Heisman. A year later, he's drafted number one overall by Cincy. Then he's, after that, and after the torn ACL, he's named comeback player of the year, reaches the Super Bowl. The next year, last year, reaches the AFC championship game, and now the record-setting contract extension that follows it. So he is, uh, it's going to be a, 
honestly, it's going to be a great competition for five years running in this division. And they set the standard, Lamar and Burrow, for that draft class. So it's exciting times. I know everybody in Cincy land is partying tonight, as they should be, because he's a winner. Let's keep moving. Well, and how nice is it? How nice is it for them, Bobby, that there was like no drama? <laughs> you no know drama. what I mean? No drama. No drama. Because like Lamar and Jalen Hurts and you know everybody else like got the the aberration that is the Deshaun Watson contract. Like they were the ones that like really like made it clear that that was an outlier. Um, so now we're back to doing. Business as usual, which is the way it's supposed to be, that the next good quarterback gets just a little bit more than the last guy that got a contract. This is how it works in the NFL. Um, but I kind of wanted the Bengals to go through a little drama because we had to endure it. I wanted them to endure it. That being said, uh, they'll have some drama when they're trying to figure out how they're going to keep all their wide receivers, which is not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a packed room. They're going to probably head at least one of those guys is probably going to head elsewhere soon. So things with some change that's potentially on the horizon for Cincy. And boy, there was a lot of uncertainty there at QB towards the latter half years of, of Andy Dalton. So they finally get that short up for the next five years. At least Joe Burrow and the Bengals are tied together. Let's get to press conferences. Thursday, of course, is coordinator day. Now that we're officially in the regular season phase of life here this upcoming year. So I wanted to begin with this because I went back and listened to Rashad Bateman's press conference from a couple weeks ago, Sarah. First time we had heard from him months. First time since last year. And it kind of, I don't know, maybe we glossed over it, but he was asked essentially a question about just the the comeback journey that he's been on, the frustrations injury-wise that he's had to endure over the last couple seasons in the NFL. And he basically said, you know, he's, he's grateful to be back. He's excited to be here. He's ready. But that he also is dealing with some some personal issues off the field. And that he left it at that. And that was it. It was just a six-minute interview it was from two weeks ago. And it caught my attention today, not that interview, but Todd Munkin saying this about Rashad. Well, first of all, it's uh, since I've been here over the last two or three weeks, Plus, it's been great to see Bate with a smile on his face. I think like any, any human being, when they're not in a good place, that just isn't football, uh, what he does for a living, being hurt, being frustrated with rehabbing and coming back. Um, like, like I said, we're always better when we're in a good place. And I think he's in a really good place in terms of where he is and what we do offensively and where his health is. So with that being said, you start to see some of the explosion that he has, the speed, the playmaking ability that, um, that you love to see that you've already seen. Now it's a matter of being able to stay healthy. And that, that for him, because, um, you know, it's what he loves to do. So I, don't, I certainly don't mean to speculate, but feels as if something outside of football was was bugging Rashad, and he's been dealing with that throughout the course of this offseason. So you hope the guy's okay. That just caught my attention today because I had remembered listening to that just a quick little second a couple weeks ago, and clearly Todd, based on that answer, seems as if he's dealing with something or had dealt with something throughout this this process. Yeah, and, and even if he hadn't, um, he's dealt enough with f- football 
that it's enough to like not smile as much as you normally would. Um, there are times when I've come out of like adversity, right? Where once you finally get out of it, it's almost like taking off a pair of sunglasses. Like there's more light again and like things smell different and things taste different and all that kind of stuff. And he's just been through it. He's been, you know, like he was like the promise guy. Everybody was cheering for him when he got drafted. Everybody wanted, you know, EDC to pick him and he did. And then just to have back-to-back season-ending injuries and it's to start your career and to have like a fan base kind of turn against you and all sorts of stuff. And yeah, like you said, who knows what else he's dealing with. But yeah, the way Munkin phrased that was like people have talked about how tough it's been for him. OBJ has said it. Lamar has been so like positive. Eric DeCoste has kind of alluded to it. Everybody's alluded to it, but it was the way Munkin said it when it's like, oh, he's smiling again. And he was in such a rough spot and Munkin's new here. So he's just getting to know Bateman compared to other people. So it really makes you want to get behind him and just like come out week one. He's not on the injury report. He's healthy. Come out and make a big statement and then just get that ball rolling down the hill so you can you know end up to be this giant snowball to where you know momentum is just on his side something that's been great about todd monkey and early impressions and whatnot is how much he empowers his players and that's the word we keep going back to empowerment giving lamar the keys expressing creativity wanting that open to you know being open to different ideas play calls play design from from the internet you name it all of those off-season headlines throughout the last couple of months. And yet again, on Thursday, empowerment came up. It doesn't seem universal to me. It seems pretty normal um, that the guy in charge uh, has a big say in what you do and how we do it. Um, his career is on the line. How we have success is on the line. Now, with that being said, um, I think the more you empower people, it's not just a quarterback. The more you empower people, your coaches, your staff, people that work for you all, the more you empower them, to me, you're going to get more out of them. They're going to embrace their role. They're going to want to be, they're going to bring ideas to you. If you poo-poo every idea someone has, they stop bringing you ideas. It just works that way. Now, you got to earn that. You know, you don't just allow anybody to have control of an offense or changing things or in any business you don't allow just anybody to uh to be empowered without earning that that comes with that but i think it's it's the only way to be elite i learned that from people empowering me that's not something i developed this isn't a todd munkin thing that is a life that is a life thing bobby you know he says like this is a life thing, and I totally agree. This is applicable outside of football. And then he said, this isn't, you know, just, just a Todd Munkin thing. This is what somebody else has taught me. That is true. However, it is much easier said than done, especially with the way he set it up. When he said, the guy in charge, meaning an offensive coordinator, the guy's in charge of the offense, his job is on the line, right? His job is on the line. His livelihood is on the line. So this is why it's difficult. When you feel so much pressure or your job's going to be taken away from you or pressure for whatever reason, the tendency is to tighten up more and to grab more and try to, and try to, and try to take control more, especially when you're working in a team. 
that's the temptation is like, let me take control of everything because I trust nobody. And it's just interesting that I feel like there's so much wisdom in that, that when you want to tighten up and control more, what you have to do is find the people that earn empowerment. Because, and then he says, by doing that, that's how you become elite. That's how you become elite. I, I'm telling you, I, can, I could always go off on tangents on these. It's another reason why I love working with you. There is something about our give and take, the way we like get ready for these shows. Like we do it so seamlessly. Nobody tells anybody else what to do. We've both worked with people who like to be that person, right? That tightens up and takes, tries to take control. And then they end up treating you like children. And you're just like, well, what are we doing here? Like, we're, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that's one reason why we work. You know what I mean? Like we empower each other. We empower. And so anyway, I just... I just love that Todd, that, that, that quote from him. It just is so true, but it's easier said than done. But if you can do it, that's how you become elite. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And by the way, that was sparked by just another question related to the relationship with Lamar, the working relationship with Lamar, and that's how you got that. So yeah. A player's coach and then some is the early reviews on one Todd Munkin. We'll see if it translates come regular season. What definitely translates is his humor, his dry humor, because Sarah, he's funny. I really like Todd. I like listening to him. I like his raspy coach's voice. I think he's so insightful. I think he's a visionary and he's, he's innovative and he's, he's like almost like transparently raw during these these interviews it's like he's he doesn't want to be there but he's going out of his way to give you minute plus long clip answers genuinely 
I love it. Like you don't get that all the time. And you certainly didn't get that with Greg Roman. That's just not his personality, Greg's. So anyway, he was asked and I actually, this is the one you got from my, my clip, right? Okay. Yeah. So, cause I'm seeing it's 35 seconds long. It was a lot longer than 35 seconds. Trust me. So a reporter asked Todd about CJ Stroud's first game ever at the NFL. Cause that's what it's going to be for Houston come Sunday. And he's one of the challenges of, of being a rookie quarterback in the NFL, specifically going up against you for his first time. Well, Todd's played him before when he was at Georgia and CJ was at Ohio State. But anyway, the first part of the answer was like, well, starting anything in, an, in a new profession is a challenge. But somehow he ended up taking it. And again, this speaks to his selflessness, his humor, his entertainment. He started talking about the first time. Is, that's exactly what it is. But it's relatable. And I love it. Somehow he finds a way to get to sharing a story of when he was in the booth for the first time. Listen to this. I think the first game I called plays, we went three, we went seven straight three and outs. I mean, holy shit. You talk about wanting to quit calling plays. I mean, my goodness. You know, so that was awful. And I was like, I thought this was going to be fun. This is terrible. I mean, there's nowhere to go. You can't bitch about the play caller. I mean, it's like, you're that guy. So, uh, I do think it's hard whenever you start, and I think that's just the beginning of it. Um, as you, you know, like any, like I said, any professor, he just happens to be at this point in his career, and uh, I think he's going to have a heck of a career. I just hope, like I said, I hope it doesn't start in four days. Here's what's funny, Bobby. You know, I try not to swear. I'm. I don't think you've ever heard me swear, probably. Cause I really don't think I. I ever I have since I have slipped sometimes, probably like five times in my life. Maybe I've I've sworn. But uh, and and whatever people people all speak their their own way. But the, my, why I'm bringing that up is because even as somebody that doesn't swear, the way he said that when he was like, "Oh, shit, <laughs> just like it made me laugh so hard." He just is like, "Yeah, like three, seven, three and outs." Yeah, holy crap, I'm in big trouble. Did I choose the wrong profession? So again, it's it's just more wisdom of like, hey. You come out and like things do not go your way. Keep working at it because it could go way up from there. It's like the the, the self awareness, knowing <laughs> how much that's going to play within the fan base. Like the quote that I tweeted out was, you know, I I think the first game I call plays, we went seven three, seven straight three and outs. I mean, holy hell, there's nowhere to go. You can't complain about the play caller. You're that guy. Like. <laughs> Everybody feels that way about the offensive play caller when things go awry. And the fact that he just acknowledges that almost indirectly with that kind of dry humor, I think it's going to win over this fan base, especially if he's winning on Sundays. Let's get to you know the other coordinator. Over, you know he's won over Lamar. Lamar talks about it all the time. But go ahead. Let's move on. Oh, Lamar always yeah. says that this, this man, like he says, that this man in the meeting rooms, like anything goes. I love it. You never know what to expect. Like he's he's hyper. He's intense. He's got... Yeah, you can tell Lamar is feeling refreshed and rejuvenated. The other coordinator to speak of is Mike McDonald, who, of course, is buddy-buddy with David Ajabo from their time at Michigan together. And despite some of the discontent, I guess, or underwhelming feel that there was from some portion of the fan base from David's preseason action, Mike McDonald says... Not so fast. Yeah, it, it, David, he's in, he's in a great spot. I mean, we, we've had a we've had conversations, not just about the preseason, but just, you know, because 
well, I'm one of his coaches, you know, uh, as with a lot of the other guys on the roster. But the message to him is, hey, get lined up and let's roll. Throw your fastball. You know, sometimes you're going to get blocked and like just like every other NFL player to ever step out there. But we want you to go play the way you know how to uh, how to play and um, and just and go 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 make them go make them block you. You know, don't don't give him a, a playoff. And I think he's he's responded really well. But he's, he's in a great spot mentally. He's had a great couple of days of practice. So I'm looking to see what how he plays on Sunday. Me too. Plenty of issues. Yeah, we all are. Plenty <laughs> of issues for that Houston offensive line. So who's going to yeah. cash in? Who's going to be the outside linebacker that's going to cash in? One of them, one of them's got to do it. Hey, you know, I said, even though I'm concerned too, I know that I have to be patient. I said, I think he's going to lead the Ravens in sacks. Now, I don't know that that means he's yeah. going to get double digits, but I think he will. So I hope um, McDonald is right. We've got Anthony Weaver. He spoke today. They don't usually have position coaches speak on coordinator days, but because Anthony Weaver, first of all, is very well respected inside the building. But second of all, he used to coach uh, in Houston. And so uh, people talked to him today to get his perspective on, on all sorts of things. But uh, it was the first time I think we got to talk to him since the Ravens signed Jadavian Clowney, who um, uh Anthony Weaver worked with, I think, for three years while in Houston together, and here's what he had to say about him. I'm thrilled he's here. Right? I spent three years with Jadavian in Houston. He had a lot of success. We have a special bond and a special relationship, so whenever you coach any, anybody, right, you're always trying to, to forge a bond, and we had that. So I don't even think I had to do a whole lot of talking. Right? He wanted to be here. We wanted him here. He's a perfect fit for us in just his style of play. He is aggressive. He is, I tell people, like, he's a car with no governor, right? Like, he's not going to slow down. He's going to run through contact, which to me, that, that screams playing like a Raven. So, so happy he's here. Uh, he went on to say, by the way, which I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I, I, I feel like one of the reasons why the Ravens could be so comfortable with him, I know that they already liked him very much. I feel like they've flirted with each other for a few off seasons now, but so the Ravens already liked him. But Anthony Weaver, I'm sure, was also... Um, made Genevian wanting to come here a little bit more. But he also mentioned in that interview that when Clowney was in Houston, they would move him a lot around a lot, like J.J. Watt liked to stay on the left side. <clears throat> and then they would move around Clowney. And then Anthony Weaver said, when you talk to coordinators, they'd say, that Clowney kid, we don't know where he's going to be. And Weaver says, awesome, that's the point, because now you can't scheme him out. And then he says, we're going to try to put him on your weakest guy and maneuver him like a chess piece and let him go out there and do his thing. So that's like an inside peek of how I think the Ravens want to use him. They like to do that with a lot of guys. They talk about playing positionless football, but Clowney's another guy that you can move around um, so that you can't tip things off to the opposing quarterback. Ready to get hyped up? Let's get hype. Let's get hyped because we know that, and by the way, just because earlier this week, I think it was Thursday's morning vault, we shared the tweet from Alex Silberman who had his, he's a, a Ravens video editor, not affiliated with the team, but he just does awesome stuff independently. I would have shown that if there weren't a bunch of clips that would have gotten us flagged. So Alex, don't think that I'm like, you know, not trying to show your work on the channel and whatnot because... You are the goat in, in the Ravens flock community. But we can share this, Sarah, because there aren't any of those clips that would get us in trouble. And this is courtesy of Ravens Productions. Be ready. We're here. Something calls out year after year. Most don't answer. And it will not miss them. 
It takes courage to face the darkness. Because what it asks of you is everything. That's why we're here. Sharpening iron in the shadows. Stealing time. And only the moon is witness. Solitude echoes with whispers of greatness. Challenging us to follow their example. So we go to work. It's not for show. It's for us. For our city. For the legacy we're defending. The season is finally here. We've been waiting too long for this moment. Time to open some eyes. I feel like I've already gone up twice. This is like the motivational episode or something like that. Uh, the opening lines of that was so good to me. Something calls out year after year. If you, they're putting this in a football context. If you have it in a faith context, which is, you know, that's what I do. Uh, listen, I believe God, I believe everybody has a purpose. And you have a calling in life. Something calls out year after year. I don't care if it's your calling to play football or to a, do a podcast or to be a good parent or whatever it is what you want to do. You have a purpose. And it says something calls out most don't answer. When you're called for your purpose, are you answering? And then it says it. I don't know what it is. It will not miss them. Maybe you're, you're calling. I think it will miss you personally. If you have a purpose and you aren't answering that call, I think we are missing out on something. And then it says, it takes courage to face the darkness because what it asks of you, what it asks of you is everything. To be great, to reach your calling, to become what you can become, all it requires is everything. <laughs> everything and it's why people don't answer but it's that is i've said this before this is my favorite thing about working in professional sports you're surrounded by people who believe in being great and if you expect those players to be great if you if you make fun of bateman for getting injured or if you're upset with david ajabo because he hasn't reached the pen who he can become yet and you want to put pressure on them to become what we know they can become. We know that Bateman could be a thousand yard receiver. We know David Ajabo could be a double digit sack guy. And so we want them to accept that calling and give everything for it. And it's, and that's beautiful. So like all it does is inspire me to like build something and to become something like, I want to be the best possible podcaster with you that I can be. I want to be the best possible mother that I can be. I want to be, I, there's like a million things that I want to be. Cause I feel like there's so many different callings, like answer your calling and sacrifice everything for it. Cause when you sacrifice in it, you find out who you really are. I love those lines. I'm so hyped right now. <laughs> you can tell it's contagious. It's contagious. We're here now. You know, these guys, there's like a universal understanding internally within this team that understands there's a special window right now and all windows have expiration dates. Kansas City's trying to prove otherwise right now. They're a dynasty and then some. We're taping this before the actual opening night finishes up, so we'll see if they beat the Lions. But, Sarah, 
there's a universal understanding within this locker room that this this is constructed in the sense that there is a formula for success for a long time in Baltimore for in the coming years, as long as number eight is under center. And and that to me is the trickle down effect that we're seeing here. And so Ravens Productions is bringing it all out of us tonight. So well done by them. Well done by that crew because they bring it all year long and we're going to be sharing as much content as we possibly can now that the regular season is here. Quick hits. 38-year-old free agent quarterback by the name of Joe Flacco. He is still out there and available on the open market. He says he still hopes to play in 2023, according to ESPN's Jamison Hensley. Joe said, quote, I can still play. Flacco's agent reached out to teams in the spring, according to uh, Jamison's piece. And according to Joe himself, quote, there didn't really seem to be too much that was biting. If somebody does need somebody, at least I'm available. Sarah, I, I didn't get to know him the way that you did. I was not in Baltimore during his years. I'm shocked he hasn't retired. Are you? No, no, not one single bit. He loves football and everybody shows their love in different ways. He was obviously never the outgoing guy. Everybody wanted him to be, you know, Joe cool, all of that. But like, even in his quiet ways though, <clears throat> he's just so determined. He loves his family. He He's simple. Family, football, boom, that's it. That's it. And he doesn't want to give it up yet. And he's also not the type of guy that's like, oh, I don't want to be pushed out. No, he'll be pushed out. <laughs> he's happy to be pushed out. He wants to play as long as he can. And I'm here for it. Joseph Vincent Flacco, let's get him until he's 40. Can we get him signed for two more years? That's all we need so that he can make it to 40. Oh, goodness. You got to love it. Also, from Sunday's Texans-Ravens game, this is for, according to ESPN Stats and Info, John Harbaugh is going to be coaching in his 243rd game, while first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans will appear in his first. Harbs is 3-0 and in his career against coaches making their NFL debut, if you care about such stats, going into Sunday. How about our friend Kevin Byrne? We had him on the night of the draft, for those of you who've been with us since April. Longtime PR executive with the Ravens. Came over in what, 1990, was it 96? That's when he came over with the team. He is, and of course he served as the organization's head of public and community relations for 24 years. He's going to be celebrated on Sunday as the game's honorary captain. And then this past June, deservingly so, Byrne was honored by the Pro Football Hall of Fame with a prestigious award of excellence. I know you have an immense amount of respect for Kevin, who you referred to as essentially a father figure to you upon arrival here years ago. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool that the team's doing that too. I, I like that. I mean, he gave his he gave his whole adult life to the Ravens slash Browns before they came. I, I look forward to this, and I'm, I'm just happy for him that he's going to get this moment. Other news, nearly 40 former Ravens players are going to be in attendance on Sunday to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the bank, M&T Bank Stadium. That's during pregame and halftime festivities. You'll see different recognitions. Players include Tony Banks, Peter Bolwer, Todd Heap, Jamal Lewis, Jermaine Lewis, Chris McAllister, Michael McCrary, Edwin Molotalo, Haloti Nada, 
Jonathan Ogden, Dennis Pitta, Ray Rice, Bart Scott, Torrey Smith, Matt Stover, Adelius Thomas, Ladarius Webb, and Anthony <laughs> Wright. How about that for a group of former Ravens that are going to be gracing their presence, um, gracing us with their presence at M&T Bank? I mean, just what else could you want for an opening weekend? That's going to be cool. You know what else is also going to be cool? Zay Flowers' 25 family members that he's bringing in. <laughs> watch the game and mind you players only get two tickets that's what they get uh they don't get yeah. like two so he's paying out of his own pocket for remember he's got like 14 15 siblings plus his dad who knows how many nieces and nephews he has and friends and whatever 25 family members are coming to support him and his opening nfl game Woo! i need zeta Woo! show out for his family because we'll all benefit it's super cool. Yeah, he caught up with Mark Viviano in the locker room, and I saw that tweet. 25. He's going to have a whole section of the bank reserved for him. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if Todd Munkin dials something up early for him in that opening drive. We want to shout out and thank one of our newest patrons who are who's supporting us for the first time here inside the vault this month, Neil Harold. Appreciate you for dropping by, Neil. Thanks for the support. And if you guys are interested in doing the same now that it is here. Week one is here. We have an announcement that's forthcoming. Yes, it was delayed a day, but we do have it coming up later today. That's Friday the 8th. So look forward to sharing that with you in terms of the extension that's coming soon to a vault near you here on the show. But uh, you can do so by checking out what we're offering on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. That information can be found in the show notes below. It's great for small business owners. It's great for loyal subscribers. It's great for loyal listeners. There's some incentives in there, and it's a great way to, to help us continue to build what we're doing here on The Vault. Uh, YouTube's coming up on 9,000 subscriptions. We would love your support in that category. Help us get to nine. Help us get to 10 by the halfway point of the season, maybe even before that. Uh, what else, Sarah? We, we haven't gotten a ton of reviews lately in the audio-only space, whether it's a rating and or review. All that would be very much welcome. It helps us on the back end of what we're doing. So we really appreciate that, guys. And Sarah, I will give you the final word before we close. Well, I was just going to say, uh, I know it's the Friday before the game. Obviously, we haven't talked too much about matchups and all that kind of stuff. Check out our uh, Texans-Ravens preview episode with. Um, Texans reporter John McClain. Yep, that is in the archives. John was awesome. It's like a 30, 40 minute conversation with a Texas Sports Hall of Famer, a Pro Football Hall of Famer committee member, somebody who's written and covered the NFL for over 45 years, a wealth of information. And as a reminder, like we've told you already a couple times this week, the featured guest interviews to kind of get plugged in for whoever the Ravens are playing on a weekly basis are back. They'll be released Wednesdays and Thursdays for the most part, depending on certain weeks. So you have that to look forward to moving forward. With that, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday morning vault edition. The final Friday without regular season football, even though we're already here. But you know what I mean. It's the first purple Friday, I guess. You're wearing your purple, I'm not. I'll, I'll be ready come Sunday. I got to get back to Baltimore. With that... We will talk to you soon here inside the vault. Thanks so much for your support and interest in what we're doing. <laughs>